jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Well, here we are. Still in the greasy clutches of found footage month. Uh, we we have become our own recovered footage at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was buried under a house for three days. I'm back now. Well, I'm not, this makes me sound like a Jesus figure, I guess. Yeah, the, the two <laughs> wall rolled for it back and, and thus she emerged. To talk about movies. What else would I do? <laughs> Yeah, she's not here to save your sins. There were no no sacrifices. Although, you know what, Anthony? This does actually tie into something that I wanted to talk about this week. Oh? Your your conversion? Yeah. Yeah. Our conversion. Our our new life with Christ. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because, and granted, I probably should have brought this up off uh, the air. Oh, no. Whatever. You know what? We're, uh, our listeners are can help us celebrate the moments of our life like an instant an international coffee okay oh right right so i came across in my research i came across something on amazon that i think i know that we're both somewhat established in our careers if you will okay Mm -hmm. okay but it's never too late to change tack okay and i found something that i think I, maybe we should both consider. And that is the Christian Demonologist Handbook, Workbook, and Study Guide. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, listen, Anthony loves Vera Formiga in The Conjuring. I do! Let's be, why can't we be the Warrens? Oh my god! Right? Like, why, why are we content to just watch the movies and call the Warrens con artists and all of this when we could just be them? We don't have to con anybody. I mean, except unless you consider being a demonologist, a con in, you know, in and of itself. Taking people's money because you're making up fake Jesus shit. I'm not going to take their money. You're not? No. I mean, I so- will take donations so that we can live and drive our oh. Gaylord's mobile to the next uh, infestation. <laughs> infestation? <laughs> so we're we're really, we're going to be like life or cosplayers. I could wear the rosary wrapped around my hand. That's right. I could have the frilly collar dress with the blue polka dots. I can play songs sensitively on my guitar. <laughs> Stacy, you start playing "Love Me Tender," yeah, and then I I, gra- I grasp my rosary and I say to the person next to me, "Oh, yep, this is this is the song she played when we met." That's right. And this I'll, was gonna be the theme song to our podcast, but we couldn't get the rights. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't we couldn't clear it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll shed a tear as I look wistfully at you, bringing people closer to God. Maybe we'll meet Lily Taylor. Who knows? <gasps> and she'll puke. Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Look, 
Okay, I actually did a screen cap of a few questions to see if we are suited to this or not. Now, I don't have the answers. I only have the questions. From the the workbook, handbook, how yes. to experience, what's it called? The it, handbook, workbook? The, the Christian Demonologist Handbook Workbook Study Guide. That's far too many. There's like seven extra words in there. <laughs> but continue. But if we take this quiz, we will see if we are qualified, I guess. Right. Now, again, I don't have the answer. All right. This is all that was available in the preview on Amazon. Oh, and the the look inside. Look inside. I mm-hmm. looked inside. I'm looking inside myself to say, is this for me? <laughs> Got your fried green tomatoes mirror. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's tucked into my saran wrap. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you wrap yourself in rosary. I wrap myself in saran wrap. Yep, everyone has their yums. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see if we can answer this one. Okay. Question. How many demons are there? Pick the number. <laughs> what? Pick the number closest. Is it A, thousands, B, hundreds of thousands, C, millions, D, trillion, no, D is billions, E, trillions, what? or F, none of the above. What? Now, see, I don't know the answer, but my guess would be none of the above. I bet they think it's infinite demons. Oh. Oh, because, because, because it's so vast and cosmic and God is infinite too. So maybe the demons are inversely infinite. They're trying to get us. Yeah, see. Okay, so this is a this is a something we have to really pay attention. Yeah. I might spend nineteen ninety five and actually buy this. I I mean this could this could really be useful for us on our adventures. Exactly. <laughs> As we take our show on the road, yeah. you know what? Perform some exorcisms along the way. Why not? Okay, here's another one. Now again, I don't have the answer. Okay. Demons are affected by household incandescent lighting at night, just as they can be sunlight? There's a typo. <laughs> maybe maybe that's part of it, the typo. Maybe oh. a demon put that typo in there, and it's if you catch it. But is that true or false, that they are affected by incandescent lighting at night, just as they can by sunlight? I'm, I'm going to say false, because unless that lighting is blessed by a, a priest... I'm going to think it's not going to have the the quaking of holy terror in, involved. That's right. Is it a holy bulb? Is it a holy bulb? Yeah. See, this is when you need to be in an actual demonology classroom so you can ask these questions. And learn the real facts. That's right. True or false? Demons can extract your thoughts and always know what you were thinking. That's true. That's true. That's how Satan whispers in your ear. <laughs> okay. Uh, what this is multiple choice what attributes do demons not share with many of the supposed alien encounters reported what do they not share a memories of the encounters can be repressed i bet they share that right 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 yeah satanic panic b aversions to jesus's name being spoken Hmm. i don't think aliens are really concerned about have an aversion to Jesus. Mm-mm. They wouldn't even hear about Jesus, exactly. let alone know about Jesus. So I think that's the answer. 
But we'll continue with the choices. Oh. Sleep paralysis. Oh, I've, don't. Mm-mm. Sleep paralysis. I, why do I have tongue paralysis all of a sudden? Sleep paralysis. It's the, it's the it's demons, the demons. Are trying to lock up your tongue because they They're, don't want you exposing the truth. They don't want me to become a Christian demonologist. Because they know you're too powerful. <laughs> That's right. Okay, D, telepathic communication. Sure. Oh, they have that. that. Yeah. And E, 3 a.m. slash nighttime visits are more common. Sure, because everybody's asleep in there uh, dreaming about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, witching hour. Is what a cynic might say if they didn't believe in demons. Oh. Okay. Well, there you go. I think we're well suited to this new career. But we don't know the answers. No. No! <laughs> we're right. Right? We're, we're right. right. Yeah. We passed the We don't already. need the answer key. No, we're certified, basically. We did the course. We got the certificate thanks to the multiple choice survey. The Gaylords of Darkness are your Christian demonologists podcasters podcasters queer horror feminist podcasters on tour yeah we'll have to do another insta story where you can say are you troubled by demons and then people can write in and then that's (laughs) and then we'll do something about it and then that's how we and then you you also send reach out with a self-addressed stamped envelope you (laughs) send us well you just send us that and then we use that to get your address and then we go to your house and then we you know we do the cleansing and the banishing and the binding and the bl- blessing the musical four b's number, musical, the number. musical number stacy sings a song <laughs> i cry i maybe get possessed briefly lily taylor or you pukes yeah. and then and then we go on we go about we say your your christian smile is the only payment we need this house is clean <laughs> we hop in the gaylord's mobile we drive off <laughs> <laughs> to the next show <clears throat> another episode about killer workout <laughs> yeah this podcaster came and she she sang love me tender <laughs> while the other one cried holding a rosary and then she's she started quoting tangina yeah, their whole i don't know what it says five stars five stars <laughs> Now on our upfront business can be all about our demonologist adventures. Yes. That'll be more exciting than like Walgreens adventures, probably. I mean, there's going to be overlap for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love um, what happens to gay people that didn't just decide to go to business school one day. (laughs) (laughs) We spend our lives doing this. Yeah. <laughs> trying to creatively figure out it's 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 what the useless gay people do okay? yes there we go <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh. look this ties into today's movie it does you know we have to buy workbooks and handbooks on amazon whereas these people in thailand just have it handed down Literally, past it, you inherit shaman, the shaman, if you're Meredith Marks. <laughs> That's right. You inherit shaman status. It's just, it's like old, sometimes hand me downs a dress or a ring. Sometimes it's bygone. That's right. So, this uh, movie, The Medium 2021, uh, a joint 
Thailand, South Korea production. Um, I had seen this before. You had not. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I know my thoughts already. Really? Right now off the get-go? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, Stacy. I'm still evaluating how I feel about this movie. Yes. <laughs> I love the first two thirds. Um, I think it might get a little silly towards the end. I found it effective. I fell so in love with a character who was so unconventional for a lead character for what I thought was a lead character. I fell so in love with her and then she was ripped away from me and then I was very upset. <laughs> um, yeah. That's pretty much how I feel about it. I thought it was like, it had, it was like the beginning and the whole journey to get there, I was in, baby. Yes. And then, and then I felt like, and it pains me because I still... Jason also, Jason was like, well, you also have to think of this in terms of like this being a Thai film. And I'm like, yes, I, I see that. But it just, it didn't quite make its landing or it, it took a detour or something happened. And I, I still want the movie that follows through with the first parts that I was really drawn into. And that's just me being a sh- shitty, selfish, selfish viewer because I don't get to decide what the filmmaker does. But that was my experience. No, I mean, I think, I don't know if I ever, I think I even said it to you that like the first two thirds, three quarters, whatever is so good and not really like anything I had seen before Yeah, in in found footage or, and just like top quality, whatever. And then it goes off the rails into Cuckoo Town (gasps) um, and does a lot of your typical found footage things which was disappointing because it hadn't really done that. And it was like, it was silly and like, it should have been scary, but it was mostly just kind of silly or whatever. And so yeah. it's, it does, I think it's still, the end still disappoints me. I think I <clears throat> liked the end a little more this time only because I knew, I guess what was coming. Um, but I still pretty much felt the same way about it. <clears throat> I do have some, some questions on the second viewing about, um, Maybe content. This movie goes to some really dark places. It's a really, it gets kind of depraved and it's depressing and all of that. And on the second viewing, I had questions as to why. Right there with you. Um, theoretically, I kind of get it, but I don't know that it necessarily needs all of it to be as explicit as it is. Um, this is the story is by Na Hong Jin, who was the writer and director of The Wailing. Um, he's a producer on this. Right. You told me this. I forgot all of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> the co-writer and director of this is Banjong Pisanthanakun, the Thai director who did Shudder back in the day. Right. I found a quote from Na Hong Jin about this because he came up with the story, like I said, and he said that he tried to persuade Pisanthanakun not to be too cruel. And oh, I don't know that he failed. succeeded in that. Yeah. I like so much about this movie. I also have issues with this movie and that's fine. Okay. I'm, 
a little relieved because when you're like, tell me everything, I'm like, oh no, because <laughs> I really wanted to love the movie. And then in the end, I was just kind of rolling my eyes and I had completely, for because I'm me, I had completely forgotten that you said, you did expressly say like that you enjoyed the first parts and then you thought the ending was kind of petered out. Completely forgot that. And I was, I, w- I said, I was, I was like, even like, oh, I'm really interested to see what Stacy has to say about this tomorrow. Um, yeah, it felt, it felt like there were elements, I mean, obviously there were elements, there was cruelty, there were elements of, um, there's animal shit that I'm not into. There's, uh, there was like just some, just some, co- what felt like coded misogyny. I don't even know if it was coded. But it felt like there was some misogynist choices and the things that some things that happened to people. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, th- I mean, this movie, I guess, and maybe this is just me stretching my brain to make excuses or to try to reason it away because it is a lot. This movie is about you know faith and the existential uncertainty that goes hand in hand with faith yeah it's one of things those like that um and i think in exploring that it's showing kind of every cruelty that man can visit upon man hmm. i guess that's the only thing i can think of because this thing it dives into incest murder suicide animal cruelty like you said which i totally forgot about i'm sorry i didn't say anything oh, I, guess, fine. I think my brain just expelled that part yeah <laughs> sometimes um, yeah, honestly it does that I, yeah. I do that all the time when i show movies and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> yeah but like blasphemy cannibalism like this movie goes into all of it yeah some more explicit than others and so i'm i i don't know if that's just me wanking off with like a film theory trying to say why or is it just the director reveling in the shit you know it really feel it's so funny too that you bring up the Wailing and that producer because I feel like his uh his mm-hmm. I feel like his um f- his fingerprints are all over the first half or two thirds of this yes. film mm-hmm. and I kept thinking like oh this feels like a found footage the Wailing in a way where it's like it's slow it's thoughtful it's really funny in random moments. It's really smart. And then it's like, there's just a flip gets switched or yeah, a switch gets flipped. Yep. And you're watching a different person's movie. hundred percent. And like, it's like all of a sudden, like I went from watching the wailing and now I'm watching like, you know, the sadness or something yes yes absolutely the sadness like it it just flips and then i'm watching this like grotesque bro carnival of horrors yeah which the wailing still goes fucking brutal as shit but it's not cruel but it's not cruel and it still is like sad and thoughtful i mean you get the last scene in this movie and it's sad and thoughtful and you get more time with this character that I really bonded with and love and was so blown away to get to see in a film. But after all the like, uh, after like, oh, oh, I'm evil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's the whole finale is just like e- evil, slinky, titty demon. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it was so 
out of nowhere after the first the the build up of this first movie and how much it was concerned with these women and their relationships and then it and then it went to Eli Roth town. Yes. I think the actress did a good job, but it's just not it didn't scare me. You know what I mean? Like just it's Mm-mm. it's ultimately like a a young woman in you know early 20s looking at the camera like eh. And it's just like she did a great job. She was very her physicality was fantastic. I yeah. think through this whole movie, um, she went on quite a journey. All of this, but but as as the scary force at the end, it was kind of it was not that effective. When you're watching when you're watching a movie that's like very you know, this is presented as a like a docudrama, like a mockumentary. It's a it's a faux documentary. The filmmakers are, it was in 2018, a team of documentary filmmakers are exploring the Isan region or the people. They're, they're looking at shamans. They meet this one shaman. She is fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. She makes jokes. She's science conscious. She's like, like, oh yeah, well, uh, if someone has cancer and they come to see me, they'll die for sure. And then she starts laughing because she's like, I don't, I don't fix real illnesses. She's like, I, or medical illnesses. She's like, I fix spiritual maladies. And she's just great. You spend all this time with her. You, you spend time with her family. Her family has been going through the tragedy. Her, her sister has lost her husband and they had previously lost their son and, her sister had initially been, you know, was was supposed to be the person that would inherit the goddess Bayan, who was passed down generation to generation in this family, and whoever is passed, is she is passes passed into that person becomes the shaman. Uh, her sister had rejected it and converted to Christianity, so uh, Nim, our queen, <laughs> just like what a character. I've never, I've never seen a woman like her in a horror film. Well, she's like a, a bit of a housefrau, a little butch housefrau, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, this is this is like the Wailing. This is uh, the Isan region is like the northeast region of Thailand. This is a very rural area. It's small villages and all that. So it's definitely, <clears throat> it feels like a companion piece to the Wailing. Yes, absolutely. It's the same kind of people. Very, you know, they've got their superstitions, if you want to call them that, or their beliefs. Um, and all. So, yeah, we've never seen anybody like Nim be the main character in a story. No! And, <laughs> and then she's like, she is on the case. She's like, all, you know, her, her niece Mink, who has just lost her father and her mom's mourning his loss and all this. Uh, even though I don't think the mom even gets time to mourn, like this poor woman. <laughs> but, yeah. um, Mink is, Mink starts getting, you know, weird possession. People start getting weird. <laughs> she starts getting weird. Stuff gets creepy over the span of the film, you know, she, she gets more and more possessed. And then, yeah, like you said, this is, there's so much stuff in here that like, you just haven't seen done in a film or you haven't seen in found footage or what an interesting way to, to look at possession or what an interesting way to look at like this cultural element. Um, and then by the time Mink is like, possessed, (laughs) like, it turns into paranormal activity and you get like um, a whole sequence of like multiple days where it's like, here's night 12, here's night 11, 
here and all counting down to when she's going to get her set and it's in night vision but it's like it's clearly not night vision and they just applied a green filter to the stuff and and the actress is rolling around you know eating dogs and it's just like what is what <laughs> this, yeah this feels so at odds with the first two hours even that i watched the first hour and a half I mean, I think you could make the argument that it is a build. This is a very slow burn of a movie. It's yes. two hours plus. Um, and so I get that they were maybe trying to build to the more quote unquote horror stuff. But I think the problem, if you want to call it that, is that the first half, like for me and every and you and all of this, is so strong and so unique and so compelling. Oh, so strong. That when it devolves into the, the typical green light shenanigans i check out because it's like it's it's just not as interesting to me like i think they're supposed to be it just it turns into a less smart movie yes i think they're supposed to be um i don't know there's supposed to be some element of like spectacle or can you believe this to the ending it's supposed to be wicked like (laughs) they're having like the switch okay i'm gonna stop talking around it but the switch is flipped for me when they're gonna have this ceremony mink is like more and more and more and more possessed they're gonna have this ceremony they go to mink's house to get help or to nim's house and suddenly nim the who was more or less the main character until the story really began to focus more on mink we go to nim's house suddenly nim is just dead yeah she just died in her sleep which I'm good for her. She got off easy compared to everybody else. Yeah. But she's dead. And so this character that I'm so impressed by and so in love with has just been snatched violently away from our, our story away from the narrative. Uh, and then they go, she was going to do the ceremony uh, uh, to, to help Mank with um, this other shaman. And he says, nope, ceremony's still on. And he does this cool ritual. Like, I was into the ceremony when it was happening. I was into the switcheroo element. They should have, I mean, it would have been a much strong, even if everything played out exactly the same, it would have been much stronger. And I'm not sure why they didn't. Why didn't they kill Santi, the other Him. shaman? Like, it's, it's Nim's friend that she's like, I can't do this alone. I need like my friend who's a super powerful shaman. So she goes to him and they're going to do the ceremony together. They rehearse the ceremony together. They go to Nim's house and she's just dead. And they, they say, nobody knows why she died. The end of her. And then they focus on him as super shaman. Like he's the old priest in the exorcist. It would have been so much stronger if he died for no reason. And then you could say like, Ooh, is this the demons doing this to him? Like, did they kill him? And then Nim has to do the ceremony, even though she's not as powerful, even though she doesn't completely know what she's doing, even though she's scared, she has to do the ceremony on her own. And then things go turn into the clusterfuck. I was thinking the exact same thing. It would be if we, if this is actually about like, which the movie claims to be about like her and this test of faith. Mm-hmm. Which is the whole point of the end scene where we get a flashback to her. Yeah, you've got the crisis of faith that you have in like every fucking piece of possession cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have it with her, but it's more it's more interesting to me than just like, you know, Father Karras being like, I don't know if I believe in God. It's another thing to not know if you believe in God when you are supposed to be possessed by the God. Yes. That's much more interesting. And that's the case here. Yes. Um, and so it's about that crisis of faith, but also this is about like 
karmic retribution. And it's like, you know, the women of the family become the shamans and the men of the family have committed such atrocities throughout history that their daughters and their sons and everything are reaping, you know, are paying that karmic debt. Yeah. And so it's like, why do you remove an essential part of that equation by taking Nim out and then having it just be this other shaman guy who we have no connection to at all. When it's about this family. Exactly. And then, okay, okay, get it. So now it's supposed to be up to Noi, the sister, who was the one that initially rejected the inheritance from Bayan. Now it's about her, you know, now she's going to stand in and she's going to, like, you could still have that exact story beat play out. Nim, Nim's death, if she has to die, could be that much more tragic and unexpected. And then you get Noi having to do it. But like, just putting this man, I'm sorry, this, yes, queer feminist horror podcast, putting a man in there <laughs> to, to make him be the one to get this shit done when I have not cared about him versus if Nim just was like, oh no, this man who I was good, who I needed to do this is dead. Now I have to do this alone. And somebody, somebody decapitated the statue of the idol and my family is fucked up and all of this Mm -hmm. it makes it's such a it's just like even never mind if it wasn't a queer feminist horror podcast it's just a stronger choice to make it hurt yes yes it were it would work better and so it's shocking to me that i could sit there and think that and then you're sitting there and thinking that but the filmmakers hadn't sat there and thought that when they had already put so much consideration into the first two acts of the film that really paid off. Like, I think that's, I'm not getting mad, but I think that's like why I am this movie. Like the first parts are still lingering with me so strongly because I really liked them. And it's just like, God damn it. I'm Tyra. I was rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. And it makes me wonder because there are two different filmmaker sensibilities at play behind the scenes i i do wonder how this was all divided up yes oh yeah because yeah when you get those first two acts you get all the the initial interviews everything that's establishing this world just the i mean that just the, the the whoever is responsible for casting nim alone you have all of that and then you have the finale where it's just pure spectacle i mean it's it's I want to love it. Like the ceremony gets fucked up because people are dumb. The ceremony, it's always what happens. Somebody does something stupid. The ceremony gets fucked up. Now everyone's possessed. Everyone's eating everyone. But like, is, is this the movie where you have her ripping her shirt open and being like, and then you, you also have like uh, nine men running around playing hoppy bunny like eating people and being possessed and right everybody turns into like a zombie a rage zombie yeah yeah it turns into rage zombies and it's just like silly it's just silly after all i thought as i was watching i was like this is so fascinating because there's no jump scares there aren't even really scares it's just we're seeing like the real life cost of someone unwell and this woman trying to save them. There's no special effects. Like it, at the most she'll crack eggs and an egg will be gross inside. <laughs> and like, but that's all we need. I'm with you hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, it's disappointing. It's, it, it ultimately ends up a disappointment in yeah. that fashion because like we said, the first bits are so strong and feel like a totally different movie. And, 
when you hear him say he tried to persuade him not to be so cruel, not to be too cruel. He knew what was up. He knew what was up. See, and then us sitting there on the couch, we lift up the fried green tomato mirror. We angle it a little (laughs) differently at our face and it was scowl. That's right. Let's, uh, let's talk about mink. Let's talk about mink. 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 Yeah, they say her name a lot. It's like, Alpha. It's like Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. Shit! 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 Sharon! Shit! Shit! Half of the movie is just people saying mink. Um, I, it makes sense that the focus kind of, if you look at the sort of meta story of it, of like, these documentary filmmakers are following Nim. Mm-hmm she's a shaman and then when they find out that somebody like in her family is really possessed they're gonna follow the possessed girl obviously. oh yeah like that makes sense but mink has as many atrocities committed to her as she commits when she's possessed mm-hmm. um she's kind of just an object in this movie mm-hmm. which is strange because she becomes the subject after a certain point but we don't really get any before with her which makes sense from a meta point of view because they were following nim so why would they follow this 20 something girl i know nothing about her i only know what has been done to her right she gets like one conversation with the filmmakers where she is still as far as we could tell, totally under her own control. And she's a charming young woman. And it's like, she goes out and drinks and she blah, blah, blah. But there are a lot of fingers pointed at her that she's promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um, that she goes out and has had a lot of different boyfriends, a lot of different sex partners. I always kind of tilt my head like Michael Myers when the incest story comes up because it's mm-hmm. completely unnecessary. Well, and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. And so it's possible it's not even true, but it's like, why is it there to begin with? And then again, it's like, is this just another taboo to add to the list that this movie checks off? Cannibalism, animal cruelty, incest, murder, mm-hmm. suicide, all of it. That's the only thing I can think of because it doesn't, there are plenty of other reasons for her to be haunted by demons. Yeah. Well, and I think there was I think there's 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 just kind of some like fear of woman uh that informs how this how the possession works too. Where it's like, I mean, what what's like the first sign when it happens with the mom when she gets possessed later in the switcheroo ceremony, when it first really begins to hit for for Mink, it's like all of a sudden you just it's just heavy flow everywhere and you're and you're hooking up with people and i'm like this is this these are the signs of the possession (laughs) is is that you like are a uh healthy (laughs) sexually active woman (laughs) like (laughs) and it's not necessarily period i mean it's like straight up hemorrhaging how it's filmed right yeah, yeah, yeah like it's like something more but it's just like that combined with like and now we've seen the footage of the the tapes of her enjoying having sex <laughs> like right is she enjoying it though she's possessed right yeah exactly so we don't that's the thing is we don't know it's very uh, explicit she basically 
goes out and it gets wasted. It ends up crashing at the office where she works. She's like falls asleep on a couch. Uh, she ends up getting fired and you think it's just because she's tired and sick and like just not being great. And then the owner is like, I looked at the CCTV and look at this. And she's just like fucking a whole bunch of different guys mm-hmm. in the office. And it's really, ex- it feels exploitative. Mm-hmm. It feels exploitative. And yep. I, I don't know if it's just there for the shock value. Um, like, I'm not sure... And maybe this is because the first parts are so thoughtful that I'm right. trying to t- trying to reason away these things, saying like, "Well, what is it trying to say with this kind of depravity?" And I'm not, maybe it's not saying anything. Maybe it's just showing this shit because it wants to. Not everything is martyrs. I think it's just shock. Like not everything is martyrs. No, martyrs being one of the most confusing, bewildering. Um, aesthetically and thematically sound examples of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like martyrs is pure shock but all of it serves a very emotional poetic uh very human story that is also absolutely ghastly and over the top and should not work but somehow they cracked the code and figured out how to make it heartfelt (laughs) and thoughtful and smart and sad and this feels like it's going in that direction. There, There is an undercurrent of things that are said, like the, the whole karmic retribution for the sins of the fathers and how the, the patrilineal sins that have take, gone back generations and generations and generations, exploiting the workers, the fact that the whole uh, end set piece ceremony takes place in a thread factory that has been destroyed by one of the ancestors because he wanted the insurance money and killed a whole bunch of people. Yeah, Mink's recurring dream of someone with a sword and a decapitated head. It's like, yeah, that's what your ancestors were doing. They were murdering people. Yeah. Cutting their heads off. Like, those are the spirits that have infested Mink, and they're out for revenge. And, like, that's strong enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, sure, that's strong enough. But, like, it's like, why does Mink have to get her tits out? Why does Mink get her tits... Like, okay, in a film where Nim is... Shaman Queen <laughs> shows up late to family funerals, wears her her just her gray n- n- shirt, <laughs> <laughs> and is just like chill, cool, collected queen. In a world where a filmmaker made that all of those choices to depict this character, then we also have the same filmmaker, allegedly question mark, filming Mink. Ripping, ripping out her Meredith Marxes and jumping on her uncle. And then like, what does she say to the uncle? She says like, she's kind Don't of- Don't you love young girls' pussies or something like that? Yeah. And then there's like, there's also in that sequence, then there's an implication that, that her uncle had also done something with her, that there was some kind of past trauma there if she's not just being completely shocking and ghastly. There's that and the scene earlier where he's at the karaoke club with the young hostesses in the cat ears. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, when Nim goes to get him and is like, how come you're not home with your wife and your son? Right. Thank you for that memory. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a recurring theme in possession cinema is like there always has to be the element of the sexual. Let me. Yeah. Let Jesus fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, shoves the... Ellen Barkin's face in her downstairs. Yeah. Ellen, Ellen Burstyn. Burstyn. I love Ellen Barkin as well. 
Yeah. Or like the Antichrist, that movie where like it's all built around the idea of sex and like, you know, possession as a kind of sexual liberation to sort of uh, next thing you know, you'll be sitting on a cake. Like it's just, you know, indulging. <laughs> in, it all leads to cake sitting. Indulge in every sexual taboo that you can think of. Right. Yeah. That's always a thing. So I am willing to make a little concession for that, but I'm not sure why it's so sexualized. It's not sexy. First of all, she's a child, but it's not. William Friedkin did not film Reagan passionately masturbating with a crucifix. Do you know what I mean? No, and she wasn't like, that's the difference. difference. Like, that's the difference. If it's going to be vulgar and make us uncomfortable, let it be vulgar and make us uncomfortable. Don't have it. Don't make it try to make it erotic. There's yeah, there is an element and I don't know how much of it is the performance. I think it's just how it's filmed, but there is an element of the allure of alluring and attempted alluring. And, and maybe that's supposed to, you know, trigger some i mean maybe there's a cultural thing there maybe there's there's supposed to be like a a play between allure and and revulsion and maybe that's supposed to be the source of horror but once again yeah it's a teenager a child yeah i think she's supposed to be in her 20s she smokes and drinks and goes to clubs oh she does go to clubs but that's this is another thing is like why don't why didn't we get more time of her like that why we don't know yeah we don't know that's the thing we don't know anything about her so she just becomes a cipher for whatever we're trying to put on her everything a young girl shouldn't do right that leads to oh well just like how her mom didn't make bayan happy even though we don't even know if bayan exists so what is this movie saying (laughs) but well i think that's part of i think that is part of the point yeah maybe like there's the conversation between nim and noi where noi asks nim like have you ever seen bayan yeah like actually seen have you ever actually seen her have you ever actually witnessed anything that she's done and nim says no but then she doesn't flip it around and she doesn't unfortunately flip it around and ask noi if she's ever seen god have you ever seen god do anything oh right like oh that would have been nice like that's the that goes hand in hand with faith is you're never going to see anything. You just have to believe. Yeah. And it's after that conversation that Nim is like, hmm. Then we see at the end where she's like, maybe Bayon has never possessed me. I I really don't know. Yeah. And she just goes to her room and cries. And the whole credits, we just hear her crying in her room. Yeah. So it's really. And then Noi at the end accepts Bayan and takes her in, but it's like a perverted version of it. And I don't mean like sexual perversion. I mean like she's evil Bayan. And I think that's because this was, you know, Noi only accepted her because she wanted to save her daughter. She wasn't like actually expressing any faith. Right. It was a an acceptance of convenience, basically. And right. so I think maybe if Bayan exists, she's like, all right, I'll possess you, but it's not going to be what you want. Mm-hmm. Because you rejected me all those years ago, anyway, and you wanted you. She converted to Christianity, but doesn't seem to be particularly pious either. She just that was just a way to get out of being possessed by Bayan. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like she. It's revealed when the demon is who is possessing Mink is screaming at at Nim earlier. She reveals like, oh, you know, all the things that my mom did to to move the inheritance onto you. Uh, that's supposed to be like this more, even more of this betrayal and more of reason for karmic retribution. So, like all of these kind of movies, you have to 
figure out what you think they're trying to say in terms of like faith and you know do you believe do you not believe is it are you are they telling you you should believe it's like that not everybody is james wan who's gonna put up a quote from ed warren saying like we all need to believe in god <laughs> god is real and he costs 49.95 <laughs> yeah like some of these filmmakers trying to make you think about it on your own i guess yeah does nim die because she lost her faith did you know was by on like all right, right bitch peace out yeah maybe the you know the, her death followed her crisis yeah literally she last thing we know of her alive is she was locked herself in her room was crying and the rice that she had just put on the altar is now covered in maggots when we go back to the house even a supposedly benevolent god is cruel yeah <laughs> you know where it's like if i choose you you have to accept the end it's it's just any deities people <laughs> just stay away from them <laughs> well there's always conditions right yeah bayan kagatab mother buddha uh-uh don't do it i will say while we've alluded to some of the animal stuff in this movie which it's like i think it's mostly fake <laughs> yeah it's good i mean there's a disclaimer at the end like, oh there is okay that's yeah. good yeah um i just never know with any movies but um but i will say as a vegetarian i did appreciate <laughs> uh that they that she that makes sister or nim's sister noi runs um a dog meat stale, stall mm-hmm. <laughs> called heavenly meat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i thought like that i love that she had her own personal pet dog that she keeps whose name is lucky <laughs> yeah oh my god the scene the best scene in the movie absolutely is where i think lucky is supposed to be like angry but it's just lucky has the zoomies and is running yes! all over yes! the place. it is the cutest fucking thing yes we literally said zoomies when we yeah. saw it so cute that little angel so cute yeah it's like i love that they kept it all in because i think it's like mink comes out and the dog is like Wah! oh playtime <laughs> <laughs> And then starts doing the butt shake. The butt shake. And then like running back and forth in the hands. So Noise like, cute. what's wrong? What's wrong? What's right? It's like, it's just having fun. Yeah, Ming's all, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that little Lucky. He's such a cutie. Yeah. But it's like, you know, once again, like, uh, one filmmaker's film versus another filmmaker's film. Like, the first part of the movie, you get, you get, you know, this just kind of sly joke about this these people that sell dog meat, but also have a pet dog, and the dog is named Lucky, which is like, you know, okay, well, honestly, like she even says, well, people that raise goldfish and carps, do they not eat fish? <laughs> so I just thought like that, that feels very one filmmaker, very sly, funny, smart, just like the f- whole first part of the film, and then the second part, oh, now she's just putting the dog in a putting a you know fatal attractioning the dog and eating it right <laughs> that's the other filmmaker <laughs> it's i'm gonna i'm i'm i was rooting for you uh film the medium i will remember so much of the first hour hour and a half of this movie very fondly and i will just wish that that had continued on <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but absolutely worth a watch people well, I'm glad you saw. I'm glad you saw it. I am too. It's honest. I love found footage. I love a docudrama. It's well made. 
It's very well made. I will always go back for for movies like this. You know, and sometimes they aren't everything I want them to be. And I go, oh, and sometimes they are. And I go, ooh, <laughs> but you know. That's our, that's our thumbs up, thumbs down. Is it uh or ooh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give it two uh. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Stacy, with all of that said, are you ready to step into the great value pyramid? the great value pyramid how does it work well stacy and i have assembled each uh, a pyramid of six different categories on little note cards we have we flip our cards uh, around so that we can see them and give each other clues. We have not written the clues in advance. We are coming up with the clues on the spot with 60 seconds on the clock trying to describe the category that we are attempting to hint at. The other person either gets the category wrong or doesn't. The person asking can move on, can do a pass, and can keep moving. If we can successfully hints to the other person the thing that we are listing clues to try to allude to. Wow. I know. It's, there has to be a better way. There's yeah, got to be a morning after. We're going to have to we'll figure it out. But if we can't do it in 60 seconds and get every, every category of the six correctly named, then we get our head cut off by the heads there, our non-binary executioner, who I guess just sits at the top of the pyramid just waiting. It's really that. <laughs> yeah that was so complicated so complicated look six categories well we, come on look it's only been a month of us trying to do this okay we're trying to do it for, people seem to like it thank you very much people that have chimed in they usually don't get it i think until we actually just play it so but we'll try to come up with some a more a succinct way to describe it there has to be some way something that involves wigs from 1981 and you know <laughs> something that's easily just like memorizable memorizable yep but listen we didn't know what the chopping block was for like the first two years that we had that so that's true <laughs> true true it's all we need to know for sure is it's an exercise in terror. A lot of people have now started suggesting to us that we do give ourselves more time. I, I find that hateful. It would it would not be a gay lords if it was not an impossible task that causes us pain. <laughs> we almost I was at the tippy toppy last time. We I wrongfully announced that you had won with like not even a second left on the clock because I misheard one of your answers. Yeah. We'll get but we'll get I think that show had had I in fact heard the right answer, you would have won. So I mean, it could it can be done. This is done all the time in the winter circle pyramid. Everyone, they don't do it with like twenty seconds left on the clock. So that is witchcraft. That is that is that they did MK Ultra. They did the um, what's it called? That the- is the power of Teresa Ganzel. <laughs> so that's that's the pyramid, y'all. Okay, sure. All right. Well, who who reveal who will who gives? I I gave first last time. Okay, then it's me. You give. I this is receive. it's as 
challenging as terrifying to give the clues as it is. Yes, you're very funny. <laughs> oh no, now I was just laughing at this. Not at the sex joke. Oh, okay. We are verse at Stately Gaylord's Manor, okay? Yes, we are. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it, you're right, Stacey. It, it's almost more upsetting. Right. Well, because it's your your victory uh, is kind of in my hands to an extent. Because like with the chopping block, I could I just ask you the question and it's really up to your brain and the amount of time. But this is like if I did if I was if it was English as a second language and I'm asking you the question with the clock ticking and I don't know what the words mean. <laughs> like, And that's terrifying because then I am responsible partially for your success and i want you to be successful i don't blame you though you know what i mean so anyway i blame you oh okay that's fair (laughs) okay are you ready uh am i ever sure yes okay category one starts in three two one now um oh a rosary wrapped around the hand uh an acoustic guitar things the warrens use how yes dig, dig, dig. um uh oh he boils them in the hot dog pot he uh p- puts them on a pipe he impales them on a pipe he uh pipe. uses a pickaxe or uh, um, uh he okay pass um oh, fuck because you are making a documentary because you need to you need people to see the truth reasons you're still filming yes um next um oh eyes um haunted houses on them um (laughs) what things that look at things you watch you think (laughs) what uh next one um Um, oh, 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 oh. No. <laughs> Am I dead? Yeah, you're dead. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was things Franklin says. you did the, your task i did my task um the one before that where i said eyes and houses haunted houses on them are things hills have <laughs> oh my god that's so good um and the other one where it was boiled in the hot dogs and put them on a pipe is ways harry warden kills people oh he does he impaled that girl on the, the pipe yep Okay. Hey, you got, uh, how many did you get? You got, you got, uh, why you keep filming in a found footage movie. You got things used by the Warrens. Okay. You got two. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) You know what I'll say? I, I, we just did record in my found footage class that I'm doing at movie madness. And we just did rec this week. And what I, I have to say, rec has the very best reason to keep filming. To win a Pulitzer. Because Angela Vidal is like, the people must know. And I must win my Pulitzer. And you know what? 
She did. Okay. And you know why that works? Because they were quarantined and they didn't know why. Yep. That's why that excuse works. If when it's Diary of the Dead, no. <laughs> People know what? Like nothing had the zombie outbreak is five minutes old. Everybody already knows. This is you're not exposing some great truth. Sorry. Every the movie is expresses that everyone is filming it and uploading it. Right. Wreck. No one knows. No one knows. That's like you're seeing the videos now come out of East Palestine. Yes. Ohio, where people are like, "This is fucked up," and funny how it's like not in the news. Yes. And isn't it interesting that found footage, in effect, predicted what would become one of the key ways for dispersing knowledge and, and forbidden information, both abroad and at home? Mm-hmm. I found that fascinating. Uh, movies, rewatch them. Turns out they're good. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of movies are good on rewatch. That's right. Kathy's R- Curse. Wreck. Kathy's Curse. Two perfect <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Stacy, I'm so scared. Are you? I guess, absolutely. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm tapped in. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Um, three, two, one. Okay, uh, Elvira Svenguli. Uh, host, horror. Thank host. you. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm dead, and I didn't know that I'm dead. Um, Things I, that Bruce Willis says. A, in the it's a, a beach where they turn old. Um, uh, oh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan movies. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh no, he's made of glass. He's the super villain. Oh, yes, think, so, think someone in an M. Night Shyamalan movie say. Twi- twist the twist in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wreck Outwaters. Um, Lake Mungo. Uh, <laughs> which project? Yes. Okay. What? Uh, J- Jamie Lee Curtis, Josh Hartnett, Daniel Harris. Judy uh, Greer. In movies. Judy Greer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Josh Hartnett, Daniel oh, oh, Harris. Strode, the Strode family. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, wannabe, wannabe killers. The, like the next, the bootleg version. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, 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 oh, a druid curse. Uh, my sister was, uh, I'm a social cat. Why right. Michael Myers kills? <laughs> One minute, two seconds. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One minute. Well, my ghost said the answer then. Because I died, my ghost said it. If we hadn't, it, it, see, this is the, it's the act of shaving down. If I had been better at getting you to twists mm. in Shyamalan. Like, yeah, see, if you could start each clue with, like, what? The beach is making people old. What? Oh! Like, you could do something like that. Oh, that's true. You really have to, like, you have to, like, dramaturgically inhabit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. These clues. But in the... In that moment, it's abject terror. Oh, you know the clock's ticking. You can't. You have to make that judgment of: is the other? Do I pass? Is the other person just not going to get this? Oh, Stacy, you did very well. Whew, you did very well. Thank you. Thank you. Good clues. Good clues. Well, I'll get there someday. Close. Very close. See, listeners, if we had allowed sixty-two seconds. And as opposed to 60, Stacey would have, would be right. having a head. I would have a head. Well. God damn it. <laughs> so close. Oh, I can see. Kind of one. Just not with a, like, just 
I didn't, but. But this is, you're getting closer and closer. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I bet it could happen during found footage month. I'll say that much. Maybe. I mean, one of your categories was basically the movies we talked about this month. It was literally the found footage. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> like the medium. The medium. <laughs> all the movies we talked about today. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. That's, that, that, be, was a, that was a training wheels category. That would be the medium wreck fried green yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. Kathy's curse. Kathy's curse. Kathy's curse. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's okay. I feel oh. good. I feel good. Oh. Should I get all heated, though? I know. Oh. Oof. I'm only in this saran wrap, so I'm just extra hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cooking. <laughs> Pink. Oh, my God. <sighs> Pink. I was gonna say pink and moist, and then I said, "Please don't." Decided that was a bad, bad choice of phrase. Scratch that imagery. No, because I'm I'm seeing the book cover with you doing your um, Andy Rooney pose. <laughs> pink and moist. <laughs> pink and moist. <laughs> Oh, gross. Oh. Gross, gross. Well, okay. Anyway. Well, you know what? I'll say it right now. Hmm. We're going to do found footage again next week. I think you're right. I agree. Found footage month will continue. Where we've, you know, we got to, we started off with Lake Mungo and I feel like everything since then has been good. But I'm still. I want to. I want to be wowed. Oh, right. Have we not? Are there any found footage we haven't seen? I mean, besides like the Dollar Tree, Amazon Prime, anything that's gonna wow us that we haven't seen? I feel like probably. Well, you never know. I mean, look at Horror in the High Desert is total Dollar Tree. Oh, but so good. But so good. So there could be another Horror in the High Desert out there. Or we could revisit uh, one we know that we like or who knows. But I just, I guess, nothing's giving me willies. I want some willies. I want some willies this month. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about fun footage. So We did Lake Mungo, this, and, oh, and the Outwaters, and... What else did we do? <laughs> wait, did, wait, did we do one besides the... Oh, the Europa Report. Europa Report. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. What are we doing, Stacy? I Well, we'll see what we do next week. This The first half of this was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that balances it out. That's a judge. There's been good stuff in everything we've watched. I haven't hated anything. By oh, any I really liked Europa Report. Yeah, see? Well, until next week when we do more found footage. People are enjoying found footage. That's great. I'm glad that we have listeners with such discerning tastes that they enjoy found footage, a much maligned subgenre. It makes me feel vindicated. I'm going to say that right now because it's my favorite genre. (laughs) And everyone hates it. And I love it! Yeah. It just, it makes me feel proud that we attract such... uh, cultured listeners such yeah yeah such smart taste making cultural attache (laughs) types look at you you fancy people yeah 
Well, thank you to everyone who listens, subscribes, all of that. You can go to gaylordsofdarkness.com, our website, and find a lot of stuff. Old episodes, a merch store, uh, links to our social media, all of that kind of stuff. Otherwise, we'll be back next week. So... Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.